Welcome to We're Talking. We have an opinion about everything, and it means absolutely nothing. Now, here are your hosts, the rocket surgeon and the brain scientist, but we're not sure who's who. Craig Malasa and Josh Jacno, they're talking. Welcome to We're Talking. Uh, today we have Craig Malasa here, and alongside me in another galaxy is Josh Jagno. Josh, say hello, please. Hello out there, people. <laughs> and from the uh, the voice of the UTA Blaze. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, uh. Mavs. <laughs> Josh Sowers. Josh, tell everyone how they can listen to your call of the Mavs before we get started. Uh, well, first off, guys, uh, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, voice of the, the Mavericks. Uh, I'm glad uh, I'm glad you threw that Blaze uh, reference in there. That's uh, I'm sure we'll get into that story at, at some point in this one. But uh, uh, this weekend, <clears throat> pardon me, Louisiana, UTA, ESPN Plus this weekend. Looking forward to it. Oh, so you're uh, so I, that's right. I did hear your call. I'm, I'm trying to think of who you guys were playing the other night. And I did. I was able to listen to you and your uh, broadcast partner do a couple games. I think we were either different times playing so it worked out great i enjoyed it i, I forgot about that so yeah we uh, final nine conference games uh, espn plus switching away from the audio stream to uh, the tv side if you will well so do, does the university before prefer mavericks over mavs i don't want to insult anybody there or is that just no um no first reference mavericks and second reference mavs easier to say easier easier on your your lips, larynx, yep. whatever you want to call it. Uh, but uh, yeah, Mavericks, Mavs, it's all the same thing, really. So the the uh, Josh Jagno was on the uh, on the uh, the the earlier reference to the the blaze was from Colin Lacey told me the story. But one, let's get your version of the story there of what happened and uh, why I inadvertently on purpose said uh, blaze. Well, we've been uh, we've been called the Mustangs before. That's a common misconception. Granted, we're, we're not too far away from SMU, but SMU is the Mustangs. UTA, UT Arlington, they are the Mavericks. Now, uh, we were on the road somewhere um, on the East Coast, and uh, the morning paper had us as the Blaze. And I couldn't believe that we were called the Blaze. And they said the Blaze, uh, the Chanticleers. Oh, I said that out loud. Oh, the chickens. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, they uh, uh, paper writer had, uh, kept calling us the Blaze, and the Blaze lost to the Chanticleers that night. I think it was a buzzer beater, sixty-three or sixty, something like that. So that's just kind of uh, stuck around. So those Georgia Southern boys, uh, they've took that and absolutely uh, ran with it, as you can see. Well, it's uh, it's fun. Uh, I mean, it's good nature fun when when we get together and have a good time. But you know, I, I explained to Colin Colin because I have the uh, I have all the uh, uh, the um, mascots i have a spreadsheet of all the quick facts and everything and then when i find out their their name i also go to the name of the uh the mascot and actually the mavericks mascot is called blaze so that is correct that is correct so, so uh, while i understand it is not correct being called the blaze because you're not the the team is not a mascot by any means so no absolutely not no 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 so uh, before we get started on uh, Sunbelt Conference baseball and more specific, specifically this weekend's uh, series uh, between the, uh, the, uh, the Cajuns and the Mavericks, uh, what, um, are, is there any talk? I mean, I know this is kind of, we're kind of getting into the summer and everything, and you, and you being in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, much larger, larger market uh, than, than here in Lafayette, obviously. And maybe one of the largest markets. I don't know if you're larger than Atlanta or not. That the Sun Belt is in. So, but is there any talk that you're hearing of Big Twelve expansion? I guess. I think I think that talk is year round since about 2011, 2012, when everybody started realigning and started with the Big East and, and TCU going to the Big East for what felt like uh, a day. And then eventually moving to the Big 12, getting out of the Mountain West. So that talk has has never left since those days uh, happened. When when Missouri left, when when Nebraska left, 
so that pops up every now and then. Now, most recently, haven't heard too much. Now, you did mention off air, you know, maybe Houston, maybe Rice, maybe some other schools around the, the, the regional side, you know, maybe be able to join because the Big 12, they probably want to get back to having 12 schools. Uh, recently, though, not too much talk. I think they're pretty contempt. Getting them to have a football championship game with the 10 schools, I think that was the big hurdle they overcome. So I don't think they're focused on it as much now. But, however, all it takes is one tweet from somebody to stir things up again. Well, that's that's what get kind of um, gets me aggravated with the NCAA and, and all of this. They say, you know, they make their rules up. And then when a big conference doesn't like the rules and complains about it and and and, and needs a rule change. Well, the NCA changes it. You know, it, it, I, quite honestly, if they had 12 teams and they had a conference championship and the Sun Belt didn't have 12 teams and didn't have a Sun uh, Conference champion, there's no way the NCA would have changed that rule. Now, I understand those, those, you know, the reason they're called the Power Five is because they bring all the money in. But mm-hmm. at the same time, if, if we're all truly in the eyes of the NCA equal, which we know we're not, uh, why aren't the rules the same? But that's just my rant, one of my rants, and I could go on. I could do a whole rant program if I wanted and, and wouldn't have to talk to anybody else. I could just have a list. So sorry about that. <laughs> oh, but, it's quite all right. I, I, will, I will touch on this. The, most, the, the thing that happened with the EPL and European soccer just a few weeks ago, that's what you can look at as far as having maybe like a super league. If all these schools, if all these power five schools get enough together and like, all right, we're done with the NCAA, we're going to go do our own thing, that's – that could be viable. I don't think that's ever going to happen, but I think your sample study is what happened in European soccer a couple of weeks ago. But anyway, that's just, well, you know. but, but, but to your point there, you know, I had this conversation with Danny. I don't remember if it was in the podcast or off air. You know, I don't, I don't think the NCA realizes that what makes the NCA tournament great is Cinderella, but Cinderella is not a 16 and 15 Syracuse team out of the ACC, you know, or, you know, if Kansas ended up 17 and 12 or whatever, you know, uh, yeah, it's a nice story, but it's not Cinderella. Now, I understand mm-hmm. no one wants to see Cinderella go to the ball and get her head smashed in, you know, in a championship game. But those first couple of weekends, uh, it, it, you know, you need those to get the excitement to continue and to get the viewership, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Cinderella's is what makes the uh, is what makes tournament. Um, pretty good basketball at the end. And if they, the further they go, the, the better story it is. Look at Loyola of Chicago from, you know, years back. And look how much of a namesake they are now. And, and that was my point. And I guess it's just very uh, frustrating coming from a mid-major conference, uh, having, you know, teams that were, you know, whatever, 27 and eight, not make the NCAA tournament, but you got a, a 16 and, and 15 North Carolina State or something like that that makes it. Now, if they win their conference tournament, hey, Good for them. But mm-hmm. if they don't, I don't think they're any more deserving than that team that played uh, that was 28 and seven, because quite honestly, you can say, well, they played in the ACC. But yeah, unless you're willing to travel as a mid-major to every, every ACC school, you're not going to get that same home and home. I mean, no. if we if, if either one of our teams played in the ACC, it may take five years or six years, but I'm sure we could go 16 and 15 and mm-hmm. sit at home. And, and have all of our non-conference games at home and not have yeah. to hit the road. Well, your case study for that, TCU, from the Mountain West to the Big 12, first few years of the Big 12, you know, basketball program, it, it just – they're outnumbered. I mean, outgunned, outnumbered, and out-resourced, and now they've built that program up enough where, you know, the last couple of years they've been a, a much better team. A lot of that is to Jamie Dixon's credit, uh, head coach at TCU, but they've built it up, and they're on the right track. Well, we're, we're going to move on for this because I, I think you and I could talk about this for a, for a long time. And, uh, and, uh, and, and I'm sure there are others that will disagree with us, but hey, that's what makes the world go round. Mm-hmm. So uh, I tell you what, while we're here, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with Josh Sowers from UTA Mavericks. Welcome back to We're Talking. Today we have Josh Sowers, the voice of the UTA Mavericks. Along with uh, Josh Sowers, I have Josh Jagno sitting across from me, and I'm Craig Malanson. So, Josh, let's talk UTA baseball. Before we get into this conference this weekend, let's talk about, um, I know UTA's uh, 
record overall is not great, but you guys have had, uh, we talked about the big 12 earlier. You guys have had some serious games against, uh, you know, three against TCU, Baylor, uh, uh, two against Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Kansas, uh, some, some pretty decent teams, not only that you were able to go to, but you were able to host them. So let's talk about that a little bit. Well, it's just, it's, it's kind of, it's regionally centralized, you know, and, and so many other teams in the Sun Belt, their midweek games against maybe teams from a lower conference, lower RPI conference. Well, uh, logistically wise, travel wise for UTA, midweek games come against, we didn't have one this year. We almost did. Uh, typically Dallas Baptist, they're right next door. Uh, TCU, they're having a phenomenal season right now, ranked in the top 10 in the country. Uh, the next closest, uh, you know, D1 teams you're looking at now, Tarleton. We did play them their first year in Tarleton, uh, first year in, in Division One out of Stephenville. Uh, then you have Oklahoma, and then you have Texas A&M, and you have these teams in the Big 12 and the SEC, uh, and Baylor, of course. We played them twice. That's been a yearly tradition for, uh, for several years now, uh, doing a home-and-home with Baylor and maybe sometimes at the, uh, at the old ballpark. Uh, but it's kind of just where we're thrown into the fire. And North Texas, they don't have a baseball program. SMU, they dissolved their baseball program in the 80s. So there's the teams that are closest to us that are able to travel for a midweek, they're in the Big 12 or the SEC. And that's been happening for years from now. And uh, it we, we've certainly seen some talent roll through uh, Clay Gould Ballpark. Heck, we had Kyler Murray play at Clay Gould Ballpark a couple of years ago. And um there's a reason why he was uh, a double draftee in two different sports. He was, uh, he was pretty incredible to watch. I can imagine, uh, you know, you brought up SMU in North Texas. I mean, I just can't imagine. I mean, you're such in such a rich fertile ground for baseball. I can't imagine why they don't. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, I know it has to do with money and probably if they, if they do that, they have to bring on another women's sport too to offset all that. Uh, but that's still very sad that they, I mean, especially, I mean, SMU seems to be a private, I mean, that seems to be, is a private university and seems like they would have the money to do it. So that's, that's unfortunate. Yeah. in in North Texas, you know, they, they had a team for a while and, and same with SMU and yeah, I'm just uh, not, not exactly too sure. Hopefully, uh, you know, talk about expansion earlier. Maybe they're talk, talking about expanding uh, to baseball because this area is just completely growing and the amount of baseball talent uh, here in the DFW Metroplex extends far and beyond the actual Metroplex itself. So there is, it's, it's a plethora of players and Louisiana has a couple of Metroplex guys on the uh, squad. And, uh, you know, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure the coaching staff would agree that, uh, yeah, come to DFW, you can probably find a gym or two. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, it's so convenient for us to fly, whether uh, up there, whether it's American or even the, the, the quick hop jump from uh, on United through Houston. So it's very convenient for our coaches and it's not a bad drive either. And unfortunately I won't be making that drive this weekend. But uh, let me get uh, Josh Jagno in here. I'm a, uh, before I, I keep rambling again, more than I have been. Josh, go ahead and jump in here with with your questions. We'll let you go for a while. Oh, that's fine. Uh, I was curious: is did they did they dissolve their baseball program because of the death penalty? Is did that have something to do with it? You, you might be speaking honest. about SMU, obviously. Yeah, you. Uh, you you might be onto something there. I'm actually not sure. I've not dove into that story, um, but that's that's a good hypothesis. I'll give you that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'll look into it after this. But uh, yeah, I'm looking at the schedule like Craig was, and there's a few series that stick out. But you guys were you mentioned Baylor. You guys were competitive in both games. Actually, won the first. So I guess a little familiarity helps with that. But they've got a great program again this year. I think their RPIs are it's in the top 35, if I remember right. And uh, they can play. So that looks like a really good uh, – uh, is that your – your? I know you have one quad one win. I guess that's it. And you, you got like four quad two wins. So, you know, I know UTA is a capable ball club. What, uh, you know, overall, what have you seen out of the club? Have they been hot and cold? Has it been a, a home away situation? Uh, looks like they've got talent. And obviously you can compete with the best. So just your thoughts on that. It's been it's been finding ways to, to to win games, and it was a slow start out of the gate um, for this team a little bit. And, and yeah, that overall record, uh, uh, you know, tells you they 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 had a rough 
they had a rough month coming out of the gate hitting the ball. Uh, and you can look at the uh, the Lamar series for that. And give credit to Lamar. They came in and uh, they took care of business in, uh, in four games. But pretty much after that is when the tide started to turn. The next weekend, we hosted South Alabama, uh, ultimately lost two of three. But we were competitive and arguably should have won all three of those games. Um, had some weird calls um, had a weird foul ball off a, off an ankle play, and it kind of turned the momentum of the entire series really in the, in that second game. But ever since then, the bats have started to come up. They've started to play more, uh, as so cliche, Avery Johnson of Dallas Mavericks basketball, part, starting to play Maverick baseball a little bit. Uh, they're starting to get the timely hits. But the story of the year has been uh, has been the pitching, and uh, you start with Carlos Tavera, our our Friday night guy, who's been absolutely outstanding leads the conference in strikeouts um he's got such a great story he you know he pitched for uta in 2018 and then they uh, there, there wasn't really kind of room for him at the time so he went to weatherford community college uh, about 45 minutes down the road and had 100 strikeouts in his one year there came back to uta obviously 2020 hard to get a sample size because the season was canceled uh and his overall record this year it's not great it's two and four but leads the conference in strikeouts and the last time he pitched at home two weeks ago uh tossed a nine inning combined no hitter uh it was a zero zero game going into the 10th and then it eventually turned into zero zero going into the 11th and uh, he threw 132 pitches against uh little rock and only allowed three walks had 11 strikeouts and, and nothing else and uh, our reliever Tanner King came in and pitched the final two innings. We ended up walking off on a sacrifice fly in the bottom of the 11th to win uh, 1-0 uh, over Little Rock. But the story for us, for UTA, has been pitching. Uh, they don't allow a lot of walks. They get the strikeouts when they need them, and uh, defensively as well. We've had some uh, we've had some pretty good plays on the defensive side uh, too. But uh, it's starting to all finally come together. We'll slip up last week at ULM. If you're going to drop a series on the road, just don't get swept. That's what happened. ULM's running hot right now. Uh, but looking forward to this weekend too. Yeah, I think ULM's really playing well at the right time. And uh, so back to Tavera real quick. Was was he predicted to? be your Friday night starter was he your opening night starter I mean his conference numbers are pretty gaudy so very interested to see him on Friday yes yeah he was he, he was going to be the Friday Friday night guy no doubt and he's pretty much solidified that and uh, I, I think he's got a, a a very nice career ahead of him uh, past college uh, whenever that day whenever that day comes but uh, uh, no doubt he's been uh, he's been extremely good on the road and the thing with him has been run support. That's why that, that win-loss record is so bad. But there's a reason why you're not getting run support because guess what? You're pitching against the other Friday night guy or you're playing against the other Friday night guy on the other team. And guess what? They're pretty good too. So it's just been defensive battles uh, on that Friday night. And I expect the exact same thing here uh, on, in this one. Do you, do you think the, uh, the reason for the slow start though, I mean, I know it doesn't seem like it, but you know, your first three games were canceled down at Texas A&M Corpus Christi and, and weather was bad. I mean, I know it was bad all over the country and everything, but still, I got to believe that three more games would have put you three more games ahead of where you, you were when you started hitting, in my opinion. So, yeah, absolutely. And there's, there's a reason why in uh, a couple of the, uh, the non-conference series um, they've added a four game series uh, down in Houston, uh, played four games, you know, doubleheader on set, play Friday night game, doubleheader on Saturday, uh, and then uh, get out of there Sunday. And uh, same thing with Lamar. That was scheduled just to be a three-game series. You're trying to get these games back. And uh, we also added a midweek in the very last week uh, against Stephen F. Austin um, before uh, before heading out to, to Statesboro. So trying to get those games in. And the reason for that is look at how many pitchers. Look at the rosters for all these teams this year is due to the, you know, the COVID situation, the rosters are expanded. You're trying to get these guys innings pitched. You can throw all the bullpen you want. It's not the same as a real game at all. So they're trying to get these numbers and they're trying to, you know, jostle everyone around and get everybody in the game day, game time situations uh, and trying to get those games in. And uh, yeah, you mentioned that opening series against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Yeah. The, uh, the worst winter storm that uh, we've experienced in these parts, you know, and since I was born at least, um, yeah. I've never felt negative temperatures and I felt negative temperatures for the first time uh, here in Texas. So it was, uh, it was wild. Yeah. Not the start they wanted, but they got to go play two games at global life field uh, against Charlton, Oklahoma to open up the season. So uh, that was a cool experience for those guys. Very good. Uh, it, it's uh, bringing up that weather, but do you guys have any indoor practice facilities that are, I mean, that you can really practice baseball in 
not just something where you can go in a gym and throw around or, you know, but that we really can take batting practice and all that. Yeah, several years ago, they opened up the uh, the Justin D. Wilson batting facility uh, in right field, and it's a gorgeous spot, cages, um, you know, there's a couple mounds to uh, throw off of, and, uh, you know, there's no uh, great facility. Now, the thing with that is, and this affected basketball too, the campus was closed. Campus was totally shut down, and if, and you, it's not to say you weren't allowed on campus, but you, you were, we were all just trying to uh, survive, if you will, because a lot of players' powers went out. You know, there was, you know, you couldn't really go anywhere because the roads are riced over. You could try, um, and sometimes you get where you're going, but uh, a lot of places just simply uh, didn't have power. If you were near a hospital or something, hey, you're good to go. You had power. Uh, for instance, myself, we didn't have power for 36 hours, and uh, you know, you could. You could, you could try to go play a little, uh, maybe warm up and maybe hit some balls if you wanted to. And I know some of those guys were able to, but for the most part, I mean, campus was closed and you really just couldn't do anything. You know, I think that's just some of the things that we forget about it, about what happened early on in the season. And the other thing that I did not think about until you brought it up is, you know, we've got a boatload of pitchers on our staff, but again, because of COVID, we wouldn't have had that many guys. And how do you get them the innings? Uh, so that's, that's, great points and uh man that's why you're the professional i'm just sitting over here oh hoping. i don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> josh go ahead i'm sorry no on, the, on that point you know if you look down um if you look down the statistical categories of, of the mavs it seems like everybody's kind of got their role pegged uh am, am i correct in that assumption it looks like starters have been starting long relievers have been long relieving and i get you guess you have a setup and a closer i mean is it has it been pretty consistent up and down that that rotation? Yeah, it, it has been. Um, this is this is an experienced group of guys, um, and we, we talked about this when we played Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina, obviously, pretty top program. They have a lot of turnover. A lot of guys get drafted. A lot of guys go on to uh, bigger things. Well, most of our roster from 2019 is still intact. Not the only losses we had from 2020 was our second baseman, Zach Cook, and one of our relievers, uh, Cesar Gomez. And other than those two, it's pretty much the same team from two years ago. Uh, Josh Manjarez, uh, our shortstop, he's been here since 2016. He's set the all-time program record for games played uh, in, a, uh, in a Maverick uniform. And then I'm looking down at uh, just our, our batting order from one of the Little Rock games. And, you know, most of these guys, six, seven, eight of those guys – played in 2019 and, and have that experience, have that Juco experience as well. Um, and pretty much in the prime of their, uh, their, their collegiate baseball careers right now. Have, have you looked yeah, at I the remember Menhar is he's, it feels like he's been there for 10 years. Yeah, uh, he does. Yeah. And, he's, and, the, uh, he, he's the Perry Ellis of, uh, of UTA uh, baseball. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. If you look up and down that lineup, you see familiar faces and familiar names. It's uh it's pretty incredible, but you know, as you probably already figured out this year, being a veteran uh, team goes a long way, especially later in the season, especially in a season where there's so many things that are unusual and unnatural, uh, you know, number of games, number of people on the roster, all that stuff. It, that's had to really help the Mavs going down the stretch of the season. Yeah, it has. And yeah, crazy that our, you know, we, you know, going into this, you know, the, the, the fall and the winter and, and with COVID issues going on, we were thinking like, man, how, how's this baseball season going to look? And we haven't been affected at all, except, you know, a Texas snowstorm of the century, you know, rolls through and cancels a weekend. And uh, other than that, yeah, just trying to figure out what's happening. Now we did have a little, we played our first ever Saturday, Sunday, Monday conference series with Coastal Carolina having some, uh, some COVID issues and not getting cleared till, uh, to play on Saturday. But other than that, the season it's, it's tried to be as consistent as it possibly can be in a year like this. Yeah. COVID COVID Carolina typically has an issue or two with that uh, little virus back there, but I guess we don't really want to delve into that too much. I huh, correct. No, maybe maybe one night at the tournament after a couple of bourbons or something, we can go into the Chicken Hawks and their uh, – I mean, the, the Chanticleers in the area. Oh, uh, yes, yes, of course. Uh, yeah, uh, foosball. Yes, of course. Yes, yes. yes. So, uh, have you have you had a chance to look at the weather this weekend? Is, is it supposed to be nice? I actually just did um, uh, a couple seconds ago uh, before we uh, hopped on. And uh, we, we've had so much rain 
around here, which uh, one great for the golf courses, let me yep. tell you. Um, but other than that, it's, it looks okay. We're going to have about 79, a little cloudy on Friday. Good to go. Saturday, uh, mid eighties, good to go. Now it's Saturday night game, Saturday night, and eh, a little bit of rain could move in. And then Sunday is going to be the interesting one. Um, saying some scattered storms, 50% on, uh, on Sunday. I really hope that it does not turn into a doubleheader Saturday. That would be uh, two weekends in a row of, of doubleheaders for this team. And that it, it's – nobody likes doubleheaders. Some people right. do. Uh, coaches don't. I know I don't from a professional standpoint. Yep. Um, so and, – and they don't either. They, they want to, hey, let's play one game a day and just – and get this going. Uh, so hopefully it doesn't turn into that situation. It might. We'll have to just keep an eye on it. But I've heard no rumblings of changing anything right now. I think we'll be good to go. I don't want to play a doubleheader. I know that I know UTA does not want to play another doubleheader. No, I think both teams are that way and, and probably wouldn't make that decision until late Friday night, early Saturday morning at the earliest. So uh, we've been kind of, I won't say bit, but at the same time, uh, you know, we had, uh, we had all kind of crazy stuff with, uh, with, uh, you know, we played like, like you guys, we played a four game series against Coastal, which one of them was non-conference, but, it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And then when we went to South Alabama, Friday and Saturday got pushed back to a game Sunday and then a doubleheader on Monday. And for the life of me, I do not know why they played that single game at six o'clock on Sunday night and then a doubleheader. I, mean, I, I shouldn't say I do know why. I think it had to do with uh, the field drying because we did, they did get a lot of rain there. So I'm going to shut up about that one, but it's still uh, – still kind of painful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think everybody, I think a lot of teams in D1 have, have gone through similar situations uh, uh, like that. Cause it's been a, around here, at least it's been a pretty wet spring. I, I think for all of us, of it has, I mean, we've gotten a boatload of rains and I think we're still in uh, a flash flood warning here for, I think until Saturday, actually uh, we've been, we've been getting poured on. I can't walk in my backyard. Uh, it, well, I can walk in it, but I'm going to have water up to my ankles right now. And as you know, Louisiana is already low, so it's not uh, not a good thing. But um, so I'm just looking at numbers here, and uh, uh, as a team, and Josh pointed out that you guys have very much consistency in the pitching staff, and it kind of shows because the the top four teams in ERA wise, uh, all games pitched. Uh, are, are Louisiana, South Alabama, Georgia Southern, and UTA. Uh, do you think that has been the most consistent part? Because I'm, I'm looking, which I, I've, I've learned this year. I mean, I can make statistics show just about anything, but I don't know how I show South Alabama with the 232 team batting average as the number one team in the conference, you know, right now. So is UTA's 250 batting average, is that – really kind of skewed have you guys been playing better or really what you've been it's it's improved but you're right and I believe it's ninth the ninth batting average right now in the conference uh at the moment that's that goes back to just our first uh uh especially our first few series just because you take just could not hit the ball I mean like just they, they could not get it get it to go but now that's starting to improve it's been slowly improving uh especially since conference play started which is exactly what you want to see because those games that's the real season uh, right there. You mentioned pitching. It's been consistent. It's improved a little bit. Uh, we know who our rotation is. We know who's going to come in first. Typically, we know who's going to come in second uh, to, to you know, come in for the starters. So uh, just about jostling the, uh, the pieces around and, um, yeah, getting that batting averages up. But it just seems like, I don't know, to me personally, it seems like the batting averages are a little low this year. And I, I don't necessarily know why. I, you know, I, I, Part of that, I think, you know, um, uh, you, I'm, I'm sure you've met Brad Topham uh, that, that calls the games with Jay. Uh, Brad was on his radio show the other day, and he, and he brought up a, a statistic that I thought was low. So I, of course, you know, I'm always ready to call Brad out and tell him when he's wrong and, uh, and, and enjoy doing it. But, uh, no, he brought up that the, major, uh, the, the major league, average Major League Baseball player has a 250 batting average. You know, is at 250, and I'm that just seemed low to me. But sure enough, I looked up the last four years, like 248, 249, 251. It's right there. So I, I, I is it? 
you guys, I mean, I know, I know it's not major league baseball, but I got to think, you know, uh, a lot of the things are similar. Uh, so, I mean, I don't think you're doing that bad. I'm just trying to, for some reason, it's not pulling up. I was trying to pull up what you guys are doing in conference. Oh, conference only statistics right here. If you pull up the right one, Craig, uh, yeah, you guys are much higher. You're well, you're at 260 battery average versus, versus 250, but at the same time, you moved up three spots uh, in the overall standings there. So, but then again, South Alabama is, is even lower at 229, which still boggles my mind. And I know why they're winning, but at the same time, I don't know how. I mean, I know how, but I don't know. I just, it just, it, it blows me up here. I yeah. Mean, when when you hit 500 with runners in scoring position and two outs, your batting average could be 190. You're still going to win games. But, uh, you know, uh, Josh, to your point, the, uh, the, uh, I didn't realize, though, UTA in conference-only games, UTA actually has the lowest ERA with a 3.21. So uh, very, very uh, interesting stat there for me to learn. So, um, yeah. It goes back to those. It goes back to our 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 starting pitchers, uh, Tavera, Bullard, and Moffitt, and then uh, our relievers. Uh, we I think this is one of the best pitching cores UTA has had in a in in quite some time. The numbers back that up, at least. Uh, but I, I think this is uh, as as a whole. I think this has been one of our better better staffs uh, over the last uh, last five years or so. Good deal. Speaking of, just for people listening, are you guys going to go right, left, right? Is it all righties? We're going to see a lefty on Sunday uh, and maybe touch on their arm slots, if you don't mind. Uh, I'm not really familiar with anybody other than Tavera, so it would be interesting, I think, for our listeners to hear. Tavera, right-hander, um, strikeout guy. Uh, he's he's going to touch uh, you know mid to low 90s uh, on his fastball. He's got a good curve. Bullard, tall lefty. And when we played Little Rock, got the chance to talk to Chris Curry, and uh, he said that for Little Rock, that was going to be the best left-handed pitcher that they were going to see probably all season long as far as the starting rotation goes. Um, and same thing with Bullard. He, he's a straight fly ball guy. Uh, he'll get the fly ball on you and uh, just you know, he'll get you to reach on him. Uh, curveball, fastball, same thing, bit of a slider. Uh, and then Moffitt. Hey, Moffitt has a very interesting uh, pitch. He holds, he keeps the ball in his glove till probably the last possible second he can. Uh, it's not, it's not a slow motion uh, wind up, but he'll, he'll go back. He'll hold the ball in his glove, and he won't pull that ball out until his arm is almost, uh, you know, parallel with his shoulder, and then he fires it home. Uh, it, it's unique, and it fools a lot of batters because, again, what are you doing as as a batter? You're looking for that ball, and he hides it so well in his glove till the last possible second to uh uh before it crosses uh home plate and whatnot but um again good staff experienced staff uh these guys Tavera has been with UTA technically since 18 uh Bullard 19 and, and Moffitt 18 as well so just uh, just just a ton of experience they've been in a lot of these situations um and they've they've seen tournament baseball which you know the tournament starts here in a couple of weeks but uh as y'all know Louisiana 9 and 9 UTA 11 and 7 in the conference this is a this is a huge weekend of baseball uh when it comes to the uh, the, the first and second spots in the uh, tournament which with this interesting round robin format if you will uh having those first or second spots in the division i think is going to be key to uh getting to those uh getting to the semifinals and eventually the championship game Josh, Jagno, any more questions about this weekend? If not, I'll let you say yes or no. Uh. Uh, the only thing, I, you know, typically most lineups have a guy or two that has to get going in order for the offense to really produce. That would be my last question is, is if you had to pick a guy that's going to really be in the middle of things uh, for the Mavs to score runs, who, who would that person be? Who would that player be? No, I think it's no doubt uh, our sometimes right fielder, sometimes catcher Andrew Miller, and uh, with an honorable mention going to uh, to Connor Obi, our our center fielder. Andrew Miller came out of the gate really struggling. His batting average, everyday starter, was down to about 135. And then when it comes to conference series, uh, he has absolutely turned it around. And and one of the reasons that we we we've discussed it um, on air is in the uh, in 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 the Texas State series. Uh, they pulled him out of right field. And he went behind home plate. And that's when his batting average started picking up. And there was a stretch there that over the last 20 games up until I believe last weekend that he was hitting uh, about close to 400, uh, at least at least over 350, uh, driving in runs, hitting the ball against Kansas. He had he went 
three for four. I have it right here. He went three for four and three home runs. And he's only second highest in program history um, to uh, to have most home runs in the game. The record's four. He had three. And he had an opportunity uh, to uh, to get to four. It was really interesting about him in, in that game is his uh, his first home run – as I uh, as I flip through my notes here, uh, they're here somewhere. Uh, Frogs, Mavericks, we'll get through it. Kansas. So his his first home run in that game was a three run home run. His second home run in that game was a two run home run, and his third home run in the fifth inning was a solo shot. And going into his uh, fourth at bat, um, actually it was going to be his fifth at bat. Uh, Dylan Paul. If Dylan Paul was to walk, the bases would have been loaded, and Andrew Miller would have came up to bat, and he would have he would have had an opportunity to have a four home run game ended off with a grand slam. Just a quirky note there um, and whatnot. But to get back to your original question, uh, Andrew Miller, um, you'll probably see him behind home plate. You'll probably see him in right field uh, this weekend. I think he's going to be your guy. He's been the hottest Maverick, arguably one of the hottest batters in the Sun Belt uh, over the last uh, few months or so. I think he's your guy this weekend. Good deal. All right, we're going to take our quick break, a uh, quick break, and then when we come back, we'll talk Sunbelt Conference baseball tournament and what to expect and what we're thinking, uh, even though we've got what seems like two long weeks left in this, uh, in this season here, but it's going to be over before we know it. So, again, you're listening to We're Talking with Josh Sowers, Greg Melanson, and Josh Jagno. Josh Sowers, obviously, is from the UTA Mavs, so we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to We're Talking. Today we're visiting with Josh Sowers, the voice of the UTA Mavs. And I have my Craig Malonsaw, and you have Josh Jagno sitting across from me here. So, Josh, uh, let's before we get back into everything about baseball, uh, it dawned on me only because I had the TV on my back of me that the UTA Mavs, uh, I'm I'm not sure if they're if if the the Mavs are Lady Mavs or what they're called, but uh, I apologize for that. But they're playing Texas State right now in the Sunbelt Conference softball tournament. Uh, the, 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 the Mavericks have had a, uh, a different season somewhat, and uh, I won't say almost blew the game yesterday, but they beat a good South Alabama team, I believe, yesterday, and, uh, but dropped a ball that could have made it a lot easier to win that game. So uh, what's your thoughts on the ladies there and how they're going to do? Uh, they, like I said, big win, uh, you know, knocked off Troy, uh, two to one and, uh, going back, actually the Mavericks softball team, they're just the Mavericks. Uh, the only lady Mavs sport we have is uh, women's basketball, but everybody else, our volleyball team, UT Arlington Mavericks. Uh, but yeah, softball, it's been an interesting year for them. Uh, and they, like I said, big win over Troy, uh, yesterday playing Texas state right now, maybe they can pull it off there in the seventh, uh, down a couple runs. Uh, but they've got themselves in the winner's bracket after that win. And, um, if, uh, if they're able to come back, set themselves up for, uh, what would be a pretty good game against the, uh, the Raging Cajuns tomorrow. If, uh, if Texas state's able to hold on, then, uh, they'll play in that loser's bracket, uh, tomorrow, but uh, they they went down there, took care of business in game one against Troy, and uh, maybe they can pull off something special against Texas State. That's who it was, Troy. I, I, I said South Alabama. I apologize. And, uh, you know, it's interesting that you talk about uh, the Lady Mavs versus the Mavs and only being basketball. I'm assuming that's because both men's and women play basketball, and there's no – and there and there's it, – it it's a distinction between the two, whereas – uh, you know, if you're talking softball, you know, it's a women's sport. It, I mean, was there any discussion there at all or since you've been around or it's more of a, it's more of a coach's decision, uh, really. That's kind of what what uh, everyone's left it up to uh, whoever the head coach is. If they want to be the, the lady, lady, whoever, then then they can be the, the, the lady Mavs or lady Mavericks or whatever. When Krista Gerlich, uh, our former women's coach, took over, we changed it to the lady Mavs uh, and um especially really branded it um, it's been there before but really branded the lady Mavs part of it uh and then volleyball's kind of always been the Mavericks um basketball used to be the moving Mavs and a yep. lot of the you know talking you know seeing people around town and whatnot man how are the moving Mavs doing like well that's, they, they were the moving Mavs but that's that was um back in the the snake Grand days in the 90s and uh now the moving Mavs is is our, our wheelchair basketball team who are always always at the top um, of those uh, those rankings and they've got a couple of national championships they've got a women's team as well now uh, too that's been uh, that's been very well um, 
as for them goes. So yeah, technically the, the moving Mavs are now the, uh, the wheelchair basketball team. Wow. I mean, that's, that sounds like that's another show. I mean, but I'd, I'd like to get into that because it's, it sounds very interesting to me. Those are some but, intense games. Let me tell I you. Do you call them at all? Or I mean, I've you- not, no, I, I have, uh, I've worked a little camera form way, way back in, uh, okay. in, in my student days, but they've, they've, they've had a couple of games at the, uh, the college park center, just, uh, just a regional tournament and whatnot. And uh, uh, yeah, when those get down to it, you better watch out. That's some, it, it's, it's good stuff. Wow. I didn't, I didn't even know there was such a thing. I mean, I knew there was wheelchair basketball, but I didn't know there was a league and a collegiate league or whatever. So, um, man, tell you something between you and Danny, I'm learning some stuff over the last couple of days. Well, well, Danny, he's full of a lot of, uh, how people say BS. I, <laughs> I try to give it to you straight and true. Well, there's another one that you, that sits across from us on Monday night. That's full of a lot of BS. And, uh, but with him, we won't take it from him. We'll tell him <laughs> why he's wrong. With you and Danny, I'm going to be respectful because you know, I still I, like you guys. <laughs> yeah, that, that's nice of you. You know, I will maintain this. You know, when, when I saw everybody at the uh, the basketball tournament, you know, you know, Danny is just ripping Jay. And, you know, I may, I'm team Jay. I, I don't like when people rip Jay. Jay has always treated me kind and fair. So, no, I, I, I don't like it when everybody teams up on Jay. Jay, Jay is a friend of mine. And, and Danny Reed, no, 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 he, no, no, no I, don't, I don't like it when he goes after Jay. I tell Jay, I put on the pom-poms and the cheerleader outfit that says Jay Walker on it, and I'm cheering for Jay to give it right back to Danny every time. Well, before we move on, we have a final from Troy, uh, Texas State 4, UTA 0. So, not quite their day, but uh, they'll be back at it tomorrow. Both teams will be. So uh, I will flip off of this and find another game here shortly. But, yeah, uh, Jay, Jay knows how to give it, though. Uh, he's, he's no stranger uh, to, to any of that. So uh, I, I just fasten the seatbelt, and, and I'm just happy to be there. <laughs> well. <clears throat> Speaking of which, you know, we, 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 you just mentioned the basketball tournament. Uh, well, before we go back, I, I just want to bring some, because, you know, you, you talked about the lady Mavs and the coaches having the discretion to, to, uh, to use that name where we've been just the opposite. We went everything with uh, raging Cajuns. Uh, even the, uh, even as far as going with the baseball team used to have their baseball logo that just said Cajuns. Well, now everything has to say raging Cajuns. There's no longer any, Lady Cajuns, though, obviously some people use that term, just like the moving Mavs. Uh, I see both sides of the story and kind of agree, depending on which way the wind's blowing that day, uh, which way to go with it. Uh, but, you know, there there is a distinction, no matter what we want to do, between a, men, a men's and a women's team. And I, I don't think it's disrespectful, but, hey, it's just me. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm down the middle. If if you want to be called something, we call you something. And you you find folks in Lafayette know exactly what I'm talking about, as yes. well. So it and again, I that's how I've always maintained it because there's some of the old school guys and y'all have came across. I'm sure a few of them that no no y'all are Lafayette. But if y'all want to be called, I don't care what you want to be called. Just let me know what you want to be called so I can call it to you. Y'all are Louisiana. I've always said Louisiana. Y'all are the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Yep. Uh, well, and we thank you for that. And you know. Uh... It's been a uh, it's been an interesting ride, and in, in as far as uh, it was nice to see the conference finally uh, at the softball tournament this weekend. We were playing UL, uh, ULM, and it was kind of funny to to hear the announcers say uh, UL is leading ULM. I mean, which we've never claimed to be asked to call be called UL. We've asked to be Louisiana, and uh, but it, it was good to hear still. And I don't care what the people in Monroe think about it. And they can uh, just have their little two cents and go on about it. So they want to be called ULM. So that's what we're going to, what we're going to call them. Yeah. So, I call them ULM too. Yeah. It's, 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 it's simple. And it rolls off the tongue pretty easy. Yeah. Yep. So now let's move on now and let's talk more baseball. The reason we're here. Um, Sunbelt conference tournament coming up in two weeks, May uh, 25th is the start of it. And if it ended season ended today, um, I, I don't know how much you've looked at the pool play and how it, how it breaks out and everything, but for the last, uh, I, I run our diamond club for our baseball, uh, uh, for coach Deggs, our baseball coach and, uh, getting information out. Everybody's asked about, Hey, you know, how, what's the tournament format? 
And finally, uh, I think about eight weeks into the season, six weeks in, the, uh, the uh, Sunbelt Conference finally updated their website with the uh, new conference, uh, the new Sunbelt pool format and everything, which I understand why they had to switch it around. And I, I really have no issue with it. Um, I, I've heard Brant uh, and Danny and even Colin, for that matter, uh, talk about how, you know, when it gets to that final day on Thursday, you know, you could literally have a team or two teams uh, playing or probably two teams playing for, for nothing, you know, except for pride, which, you know, if you're a competitor, though, I think you're still playing for something, you know, uh, but we, yeah, we, we are a little familiar with that uh, in the one year in the whack back in 2013 is they had a similar style tournament. And I guess you can't necessarily call the Sunbelts round Robin. This is straight pool play. This is what they did for volleyball. And the WAC had something very similar where you were guaranteed three games. And UT Arlington in the, uh, in the first game went out and defeated DBU, who was in the WAC with us that one year, 2-0. Okay, we're in now not the winner's bracket. You already know who you're playing in your pool, uh, but you got the one win under your belt. Went out the next night, and New Mexico State defeated us pretty bad. So now we're 1-1. One one. Well, Texas State went out and lost both their games and so now Texas State is 0-2 and playing for absolutely nothing. Well, now here we are for UTA. If we win the game, we're going to the, the, the Final Four. We're going to the semifinals and whatnot. And Texas State's like, hey, we're just, we're just here to play. Let's, just, let's all have fun and, and whatnot. And you know, maybe, maybe I'm using my golf analogy here, just trying to play relaxed. But we got smoked by Texas State. And Texas State went home with a win in their year. And then UTA, as we could have went on to the semifinals, we did not. We lost a uh, 12-2 in a game that I believe ended right before midnight. Um, something that we're very familiar with when it comes to conference tournaments. So, yeah, and we're gonna we're probably gonna see something very similar here in the Sun Belt conferences. There's gonna be some team out there playing in a game that is not gonna matter too much to them. Yeah, that's and, 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 although it's a shame, I, I don't think there's an easy way to do it. Um, I think no matter how you do it, I mean, we we've had North Alabama that was here this weekend. For baseball well north alabama is done i mean that they've already know they're not making their conference tournament but you're they they're playing us uh i think they have another three games here or, or then they went to vanderbilt and then the following week they're going to auburn so i mean um but their coach is using it because you know they had 22 freshmen on their team so using it as a a reason to to practice and see what he's got so i i like it i mean I still think Real, this. Yeah, North Alabama's relatively new program to D1. Hey, why not? Let's, let's hey, you want to be D1? Let's throw ourselves in the thick of things. Uh, so if, if, you, if you look at the pool play, if, if it ended right now, we'd be fourth, which I, I there's lots of positives of being fourth, in, in my opinion, especially for the West, because you would play Tuesday, then you'd play Wednesday, and if you win, then you're moving on to Thursday and Friday. But you, you've got a day of rest in between. Whereas if you're if you're number one UTA, uh, you're going to play on Wednesday and then come back and play on Thursday, but you would have Friday off before uh, the uh, the uh, bracket play starts. So I mean, but you know you've got things like you know you'll you will right now you'd play ULM, which is uh, which is the lower seed, and then you would play App State. So it's one of those things, who do you throw on your pitching side and everything? But, I mean, you guys seem pretty consistent when you're pitching. Now, are you four deep there for your mid with your midweek games and everything too? Right right on the cusp. We've had a – Cade Winquest has been our consistent um, weekday uh, midweek starter. Uh, and then our last midweek came against Texas A&M at, at Globe Life Field, and we threw uh, Zach Norris out there. Zach Norris gave us five innings and in, uh, uh, shut out baseball against the uh, Aggies. Uh, now they turned it on there. Um, Aggies yeah. came back to win eight, four. And uh, that's, that's a team with not a good SEC record, but it's still a Texas A&M SEC team. Uh, and they've got some power. Uh, so that, that's what's that, that's what would be interesting is uh, who, who would be our number four guy. And we talked about this earlier with the expanded rosters. I think you could throw about three or four different hats in the ring on uh, that one. I, 
as a very, 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 very fringe baseball coach myself, uh, I, I don't know. I, I do not know who UTA would throw out to be the fourth. I think they have the guys they'd feel very comfortable with out there who have that experience already in midweek games because we've, we've started three or four different guys in those, in those midweeks and, uh, and in those four-game series uh, that we've had uh, on the weekends. So um, feel confident about it. Do I know who it would be automatically? Absolutely not. Well, but 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 you you brought up the expanded wa- rosters, and I'm gonna I'll find out Tuesday when I talk to Coach Deggs. But I'm just wondering, are they gonna have the expanded roster for the tournament? Because right now we have uh, a a 30 man or a 27 man roster uh, restriction for co- uh, conference play. I'm almost positive. That I don't know. That so, I do not know. That's uh, that'd be interesting to look into. But I, I'm I'm clueless on that one. Okay. Jag? I have no idea. I was thinking about the restriction myself, but I didn't know if they waived it this year or not. Uh, to me, it seems like they would. I mean, why would you have 40 guys on a roster and then cut it to 27 for tournament time? And, and maybe, 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 they, maybe they didn't. I thought I, – I, and they might have raised it from 27 to 32 or 31. Uh, I, I'll, I'll find out before uh, – I say I'll coach, talk to Coach Deggs on Tuesday – uh, and, and find out that, but, uh, you know, it's the, the one thing that, uh, is, is very interesting here is, which I'm, let me see if I get the right mouse here to work on the, on the screen. Uh, is that if, if you're the, uh, is it four? No, third, if you're third in the East or the West, you play Tuesday and don't play again till Friday. And again, I mean, playing on Tuesday has its benefit because if you, you can go with your number one guy and then by the, if, if you, if you win Tuesday and win Friday, then you're, you know, your Saturday, you, if you need to Saturday or Sunday, you can bring back your number one guy. So there's definitely a benefit there. Um, but it seems like that's a long break in between that I wouldn't want to have even though it's only two days and the guys are used, you know, but you're in a hotel for two days. Yeah. And looking at, and I'm looking at this now and I'm sure someone with, with, with a true, um, you know, degree can explain this very handily uh, that, you know, simpletons like myself can understand, but if you're, if I'm looking at this correctly, you know, if you're number two in the East, you're playing Wednesday and then you're not playing till Friday. It seems like every position has its pros and cons, uh, in, in whatever you feel most comfortable with, say your number, number one in the West. Okay. Number one in the East will go Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. It's all, it's all explained here in this, in this bracket, but you know, every, every position has something different. It looks like. Pick I'll tell you, let's take a, a quick break right here. Then uh, since you've got a little extra time, let's take a quick break here. And uh, I'm going to email you something that kind of breaks it down a little bit more for you uh, with, with, with everything. So if you're listening to, we're talking. And we'll be right back with Josh Sowers of the UTA. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due. 